Storygram Network. Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? Everything else. Because it's never, ever about food or weight. Never, ever. Not even. One time. Not ever. Ever, ever. Hello, everyone. This is Laura Lee Rourke from the It's Not About Food podcast. And today we're talking about purpose. Not porpoise, (laughs) but purpose. (laughs) And the front of the card has the goddess walking with her little deer animal really close to her hip. And they're walking down a path that's, of course, a beautiful path to walk down. And it has a beautiful sun and even a little crescent moon showing up at the same time. And to me, this image represents somebody on her path and she has a purpose and it's maybe she doesn't know where it's going, but she has the purpose anyway. And the back of the card reads, following our purpose leads us to the path that feeds our soul. We all possess unique gifts and we all have the need to express these gifts. To find our calling is to find the path of our hearts, the way of life that makes us feel alive and glad to be here. Over time, we may find many different paths, small and large. We find our calling by listening to our inner voice and doing what feels right and true to ourselves. So when I was recovering and, well, before recovering, when I was struggling to recover, I didn't really realize I had any other purpose other than to just be perfect, (laughs) whatever that meant for me at that moment. So the perfect body, the perfect life, the perfect house, the perfect boyfriend, the perfect child, the perfect car, you know, everything had very high standards for everything. And me first, I was never going to reach that perfection, according to me. And that was a part of my purpose was to let go of that idea and to come to a place where I had to recognize that I had unique gifts and they may not be perfect gifts, but they're perfect for me. And I had to find my calling and not be so stuck on the calling that I can remember my mother saying, well, you know, you need, I was a hairdresser for many years and um, that's a good job for you because you can always, always trade a haircut for a chicken. (laughs) So you can always eat. (laughs) And if you ate chicken, but I thought that what I was meant here to do was pretty small. You'll just be a waitress or a bartender or a hairdresser. Not that there's anything wrong with those careers. They're always fabulous. But I just thought I was going to be one thing and that's it. I mean, I just really had this very limited idea of what I could do. Instead of really looking back on my life now, I've done a lot of stuff. And our guest today has done a lot of stuff in her young life. 
So I am so glad to have this chat with Angelica, and I'm going to introduce her, and she can tell us what up with her purpose. You know, where is she? What is she doing? And what does that mean to her, having a purpose? So thank you so much for being here, and what up with you? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me. What is up with me? I'm very much in a transition period, but when I think about purpose, I've always felt like I always knew what my purpose was from a young age. And I feel very blessed to have had that strong sense of trajectory. Um, I, I think a lot of people don't have that in their lives. I've gone through a lot of struggle and hardship in my life. But the one thing that was always consistent was my understanding that I was put on this earth to be a storyteller, whether that be through poetry or song or being on stage or acting. And now I'm leaning more towards screenwriting and education. And for me, it's about how can we educate while entertaining? And I think that is what I consider my artist's mission. (laughs) But yeah, I think I've always had a strong understanding of what I wanted to do and had the universe or creator given gifts to also go after that. It wasn't just always a hobby or a pastime. It was something where I was like, no, I think I can make this my life. And luckily I also had people around me who encouraged that in me. I feel like I got a luck of the draw in a lot of cases. Yes, I agree. Yeah. You've had a lot of support, especially from your mom. Beautiful support. I've never seen her not give you accolades about anything you wanted to do. I mean, it's, you probably know her a little bit more than I do in the, (laughs) you know, it's different when you live in the same house. I mean, it's just a very supportive circle of family around you. Yeah. Family, friends, educators, all of it, always so supportive and wanting to push me in the direction that my natural talents led me in. Not really... I mean, I had some more in my adult life than I did in my adolescent years when I was in college, really specializing in classical voice and drama. But I think that there's some classism and some highbrow uppity things in the classical world where they want you to only do classical music, where I very much knew I didn't only want to do classical music. That was never my intention was never to be at the Met and be an opera singer. It was to learn my voice and all of its multitudes and facets to utilize it in any way I wanted to. And I had a lot of pushback from some of my private instructors and teachers. I will never forget one time I had a instructor after I bombed a musicianship test (laughs) because I would get such bad performance anxiety, no matter how much I rehearsed, no matter how much I practiced or like drilled any of the things, like as soon as I stepped into that room, just all the anxiety would overtake me. And I just didn't know a third from a second from anything. I was just like, I'd never read or understood music in my life when I walked into that room and I (laughs) bombed. And I remember he sat me down and this is when I had newly started to like double major in drama and music. And he said, you know, Angelica, sooner or later, you're going to have to decide whether you want to sing or act for the rest of your life. Hmm. And I remember leaving that room and just like crying so hard in the bathroom because 
I felt like, is that really true? Is it something where I have to choose between these two things that I feel so passionately about that I feel like are two of my facets and the multitude of who I am? And I ultimately decided, no, I don't have to decide. I can do both. I can do it all because it all is a part of my purpose. It doesn't matter what facet in which I'm storytelling or communicating or connecting to the masses. They're all a tool in my tool belt. It's so true, isn't it? Who are these people who limit us? I just feel like I would never say that to somebody that I would be counseling or even my granddaughter or grandson. It's like, I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't Mm -hmm. know what you should do. I barely know what I want to (laughs) do. You know, it's funny, though. He changed his tune a few years later when I finally graduated with both of my degrees and honors in drama and saw that I was able to do it all and graduate with like a 3.8 I think I graduated with and was working full time and was still performing and doing all the things he needed me to do in regard to performance. And he really now we're not close, but we work together and still have communication. And he's like gushes about the fact that I do everything. And so it's, it's fascinating how the people who try to limit us or throw water on our spark are often projecting. It's not really about me and what I'm doing. It's about them and maybe seeing something in me that they wish they were able to do or felt like they had given up on in themselves of closing off themselves to all the doors that were available to them. Agreed. I mean, we have to really trust ourselves to know what we want to do in the moment, I guess, because I don't know what I want to do for the rest of my life. That's the joy of life is to what's new, what's new pussycat, you know, let's see what's next (laughs) and that there is going to be a next because sooner or later there won't be a next. We don't get to be here forever unless we're vampires. And I'm kind of not thinking that those things are true. Maybe they are, (laughs) but... But yeah, it's all so much projection and you're a smart young woman to see that. Very smart to see that because a lot of times we don't. We think it's us. We think we're the ones that's wrong and this whoever hierarchical system that we have, whoever's at the top should be the one that's right, not me. And I'm so impressed and I think it's beautiful that you see that. So tell me right now, as of, you know, the end of June, what's your purpose today? So to be on the podcast and what else? That's a, that's a toughie because, you know, I started saying this, I feel like I've always known what my purpose is, but I do really feel like I'm at a crossroads right now where I feel like the, over the last two weeks, I've really been like thinking about, do I leave the path I've been on for my whole life and start a new one to build the life I crave, which is a really difficult conversation to have with yourself when you feel like you've been so steadfast and people are so certain that your life is supposed to look a certain way or you're going to achieve certain things or do certain things. And then it's not, sorry, I'm a crybaby. Um, <laughs> it's okay. It's not panning out the way that you want it to or need it to in order to feel supported. Unfortunately, 
as much as I feel like I am a spiritual being and, you know, am not of this world. This world is driven by capitalism and consumerism and living in this world requires a certain amount of security and stability. And so I've really been having to like face the question of, do I continue to seek out performance opportunities and storytelling and these things that aren't necessarily financially uh, abundant? (laughs) Yeah. Or do I go in search of a salary job with benefits that is still somewhat creative where I can start building a 401k and eventually settle down into the life I do know I want. You know, I want partnership. I want a marriage. I want children. I want a house. I want all of those things. So I think my purpose today in this moment is to be truthful with myself and think about, are these things that I actually want or am I seeking them out of a fear mindset? Like, am I coming out of a place of fear searching for these things? Or is it something where I can still honor what I still truly feel my purpose is, which is to be a messenger, be a storyteller, be a communicator and a connector of humanity and a conveyor of humanity, I guess is another way of putting that, while simultaneously building the solid foundation? Is it something where I can work in a marketing field for two years and funnel up all of this money and then say, okay, I've laid a solid foundation for myself. Let's really follow the purpose gung-ho and with full force. So that's the crossroads I'm at right now of understanding what my purpose is because it just feels like the world and the circumstances of the world is shrouding what my purpose is. And so it's, I'm trying to like dig through the muck right now. It feels like. I remember I had an idea for a book many years ago and I went to a class at a bookstore on how to publish your book. And I talked to the teacher, really loved the teacher quite a bit. And everything she said, I was really agreeable. So afterwards I went up to her and I said, so I have this idea for a book and what do you think? And she said, well, it doesn't really matter what I think. Is the book sellable? Unless you're just doing it for yourself, then self-publish and give it to all your friends. But if you want it to be out there and people will buy it, then you need to make sure that it's something that people want to buy. I said, yeah, okay. And she goes, and my biggest advice to you is don't quit your day job. (laughs) I remember And it was so, because I get really black and white about things. Well, if I'm going to write a book, then that's all I should do. Well, yeah, but as my meditation teacher says, first the bliss and then the laundry. (laughs) You know, first you get to do what your heart desire, and then there's still laundry to do. There's still chop wood, carry water. And so, you know, I think, again, not to be the black and white, what if you could do this money-making proposition that's going to keep you fed and housed and cared for and do your creative arm? What if you get to do both? 
Yeah. I mean, and ultimately that is what I'm trying to figure out because I think that's my biggest fear, right? If I go down this new path or decide I have a different purpose or a new purpose, because I don't, I think we can have multiple purposes Absolutely. in life. And maybe purpose can change and we can decide what is <laughs> our major purpose and what's our minor purpose or whatever. But that ultimately is the goal to have a stable life while still pursuing storytelling and creativity. And I think my biggest fear is that if I am going down this stability path, that I'm not going to have room for the creativity or all my energy is going to go toward work and instead of creation. And I think that's, you know, I'm a Sagittarius, so I... (laughs) (laughs) The world is is everything. Yeah. The world is open. Yeah. (laughs) Storygram Network. Welcome to One Media, One Media. (laughs) When you're whining with nurses. It's a place I like to call The Bleed. My name is Laura Lee. And this is It's Not About Food. The art of being yay isn't just something he developed. Storygram Network. So to me, when I was in this exact same spot, I would have that limitation mind of that if I do this, this is all I can do. But that comes from a limitating culture especially as a woman. You know, if you have a child, you need to just stay home and make cookies. Well, that was not my life. That was not going to be my life. I always felt guilty that I didn't stay home and make cookies, but I couldn't. I mean, I had to feed this child. You know, I had to feed myself or nobody ate a cookie. So I just feel like there were a lot of limitations put on me that it didn't pan out, were not true, but I had to kind of go up right against them, right? That wall of limitations in order to see that I could go through the wall, over the wall, under the wall, around the wall. And that sounds to me like where you are right now is which way do I want to go? And you know what? Whichever way you end up going is perfect anyway. Go from your heart's desire as much as you can. Chop wood, carry water. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm coming out of four years in institutional academia. So that is also something, you know, I've been a, a music teacher for the past four years and in the classroom and I felt pretty fulfilled in the classroom, but my fulfillment didn't come from the act of being a teacher itself or classroom management or lesson planning or, you know, any of that stuff. Like I do not like any of that. (laughs) The, The sense of fulfillment came from the communication and the community and the connection with the students and learning from them as much as I was teaching them. And I was working primarily in, in black communities, being able to show these students that they have a place in the world of music and that it's not just traditional white Western music, you know, and that they can see themselves and create for themselves and learn about the true history of, of their communities within music. That was why I kept going back. It was for the students. It was for the knowledge sharing and that connection. It was never for, I want to be a teacher. And so when I moved on from elementary and middle school to high school in March, I had a different opportunity to leave the nonprofit that I was working for that was 
super anti-Black and operated on a white savior complex. And there was just a lot of issues that I was facing within the nonprofit. So I was able to move on to this high school and be an interim high school choral director for the past three, four months. And, you know, I loved the community there too. And I loved imparting the knowledge and working hard with these students as well. And I had a lot of pressure from administration and other teachers who saw the improvements I was imparting onto this crumbling choir department. And they wanted me to go get my teaching credential so that I could stay And I was getting a lot of pressure from like multiple people to go in this internship program, to this this teaching credential, do all the, exactly. And there was just always a voice, you know, at the beginning I was like, I've considered it. I would think about it. But the more it came, time is ticking toward June. We need an answer. Are you going to do this next year so you can come back? And I said, I don't want to. And that was another decision. I had to look at it and again, look and say, I could build the entire stable life I crave off of this job and be a teacher for the next 20, 30, 40 years of my life and be a a damn good teacher Yes, and build this program and get it to the top of the levels and get it competition ready and be winning gold medals and doing all of these things. But what it comes down to is I don't want to. Wow. And I kept saying, I remember saying to other teachers and the principal even, I said, my purpose is not to be a high school choir director. I don't know how many times I said that (laughs) over the past (laughs) couple of months, but that was something that I like truly felt. And my big kind of character growth this year for me has been asking for my needs. And one of my big boundaries and needs for myself was to say, I'm not going to do this thing I don't want to do. And I'm not going to be bullied or pushed into doing it, even though everyone around me wants me to do it. And knowing that I could do it and I would be good at it and I could build this life and have the money and do all these things and feel happy, but I would not be fulfilled because in my heart of hearts, I know it's not my purpose. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And we, again, our society is so tied in with money. This is one thing I notice when I travel, is that other countries who have, say, health care and elder care and education and, you know, just a lot of social services available to their citizens. And of course, they do have to pay taxes for that, which we pay taxes now, so whatever, but um, (laughs) about that, they have a net. And so they are not so driven by money. So they do get to be an artist or a singer or an accountant (laughs) or a nurse. You know, they get to, to follow their path. I was in Bali and I was talking to a young woman and I said, the Balinese, to me, they're so creative. They dance and they have art and they sing. And every little spot in the whole city has a little altar on it. You know, they give everything up to sort of the God or the spirit or the greater good. And she says, yeah, you know, here, if you go and tell your parents that you want to be an accountant, they'll go, oh, no. <laughs> What will happen with your singing, you know? And they'll, well, I'm going to do both. Okay, then I'll support you in that. But here, 
if you tell your the world, I'm going to be an artist, they go, yeah, well, what are you going to do for money? You know, like we cannot. What's your backup do, plan? What's your backup plan? Because this is not going to really work for you. And it is very hard to be in that place that you're in as young as you are, because you know you can do this. You can do this money thing. You know you can have this security, but will I give everything to that and not have enough time and energy and money to do the other thing? And it it is a leap of faith. It is a leap of faith that you're in. And I know you differently than just being on this podcast with me. And I think you have to do it. You have to take that leap. Yeah, I think that's definitely what I'm leaning toward. If you had talked to me last week, it was all doom and despair. And I was like, I'm leaving the artistic realm and I'm just going to go into social media ad marketing and that's it. I'm going to, you know, I'm just deciding to change my path. But But you would be great at that too. Yeah, I mean, I would. And I will likely have that job in August and (laughs) (laughs) we'll have the salaried position and have that. But In that way, I also get to be creative. And I'm hoping that as soon as I settle into that new routine, I'm still going to be able to honor myself. And I think that's the biggest thing. I need to, in all of it, honor myself. And I think we forget about that as humans. You know, we're worried about, again, like you're saying, making sure we have the money. What do other people think of me? You know, do I have this? Do I have this? And we forget about us. Well, again, that's our culture right there. What do you want to do? Make money. That's what you should say. (laughs) And because we're a capitalist society, which is okay. I mean, we have, that's how we are and that's the way it is, but we can't only be capitalist. We have to also be social. We have to have a heart and soul and a brain and a body. And we have to put all those things into the equation. There's a reason why for many years, Men didn't live very long because they were the main people that had to go out there and work and bring home the bacon, you know. And I just feel like that once they retired, they didn't have a purpose anymore. But we're so much more than what we do for a living. So much more. We are. We are a catalyst for divinity, I feel like, you know. Yes. My name means messenger of God. So I feel like I feel that sometimes. That's what I aim to do as as an artist. Like I said, is be a messenger, be an educator, be a communicator for something greater than myself. And in regard to, I think, my own crossroads, there was this fascinating thing on TikTok that all my friends and I are talking about. And yes, TikTok, not a credible source, but very informed. That's (laughs) the way I go about it. Yeah. And someone was saying, you know, everyone, you know, the media makes it out to seem like your 20s are going to be great and you're going to be partying and falling in love and like having the job and all of these things. And everyone in their 20s is like, this sucks. Like, (laughs) totally. This is not fun. And someone said, you have to think about your 20s being your first portion of adulthood. Yeah. And if you look at it that way, However many years you are into your 20s, you're really only that age. So for example, I'm 26, which means I'm really only six years old in adult years. Yes, in that way. And to look at it that way has been like a really big pressure reliever, I feel like. Because I'm six. 
I'm like, I'm a kindergartner. And this I'm thing a, of grownupness. Exactly. <laughs> I am a kindergartner. And if I look at it that way, it just relieves so much pressure that I put on myself to like have everything figured out, to have everything in line, to not be able How to make you do mistakes. That? Exactly. How could that even happen? I mean, that's how we learn anything is by, oh, that didn't work. (laughs) Oh, oh, that one didn't work. Or it did work, but I don't really like it as much as I like this other thing. Again, it's not black and white. It's not. And one thing I've also been really kind of peeling the layers back in God, I've been in therapy since the pandemic started consistently, which has been so helpful. But I always had a timeline for myself, especially when it came to like love and family and children and things like that. And so I was like, you know, I want to make sure I have kids like before I'm 35 because I don't want to be too old. And I also want to be cognizant of like fertility and things like that. And I would ultimately like to have met my partner, you know, been married a few years before we bring the kids into the marriage. And I want to have had dated them for X amount of time before we get (laughs) married. And, and then I want to, you know, all of these things. And I was like, so I need to have met this person yesterday. And I am like hopelessly (laughs) single. So yeah, (laughs) I need to start looking at those wedding gowns right away. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I already have my Pinterest board, but that's a whole other. (laughs) (laughs) We're manifesting Lorelei. You know, I, I had these like stringent timelines that I found were like putting so much anxiety on me. And I came to the realization that the only person who can relieve that anxiety or change the timeline is me. Yeah. The pressure is from you, but you learned it from the culture you lived in because that's what everybody says you have to do. And they don't take into the equation that maybe you do meet your partner, but they die what? (laughs) You know, or they're not your perfect partner. You thought they were, but they're not. And so there's another one. We have many soulmates, I think, in the world. Dogs can be a soulmate. You know, it's sort of like we get so, again, either this or this, and that's it. It's like, what about all? What about all? And we're in a time that we can freeze eggs, of all things, and put that off for a while if you want to. I mean, there's a million ways to bring children and to bring love and to bring art. It's really more open than we think. It really is. Yeah. And I I think that's just also, I'm like, I feel like an FBI agent or it's like, I have the evidence over here and I have the evidence over here and I'm like connecting with the red (laughs) string, all the things to like put the bigger picture together or like have the aha moment or, you know, the epiphany or nirvana or whatever you want to call it. Right. Just that, that relinquishing of feeling like I always need to be in control or like know what's going to happen. That is a, for me, that's also a huge trauma response. Of which we will never have control. (laughs) Which is terrifying to me. (laughs) It's terrifying for everyone who saw the pandemic coming. I mean, who saw that we'd get our rights taken away at some point? Who sees things all the time and thinks, well, that wasn't on my bingo card. Octavia (laughs) Butler saw it all. She wrote about all of this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hillary was right, too, as well. So I think that 
We just have to grapple with what is. That's what this is right now. I don't know what will be tomorrow. And it certainly was different yesterday. So let me just go with yeah. this. This is what's going to yeah. make me happy right now to do this. Yes. And maybe purpose isn't one all-encompassing solidified through line. Maybe exactly. it's a million little things. Exactly. You know, I think about, well, if I had my life to live over, what would I do? Work in a bookstore? That's kind of cool. I could work in a bookstore right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't really want to work in a bookstore. I want to be the kind of person that would work at a bookstore. <laughs> I want to be the person who works at the bookstore, but never has to actually put the books away. because. Yeah. <laughs> I have to deal with people or ring up customers. Or oh, I don't mind that. I mean, I worked in the service industry for a little bit, so I'm like, I could do that. But yeah. I hate putting things away. I don't like... <laughs> <laughs> you could ask my mom. I don't like putting my clothes away. I don't like putting my dishes away. Oh, There's a reason okay. I didn't work in retail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to keep it neat. Well, yes. so it has been just a beautiful, beautiful thing for me to talk to you and to kind of see you grapple with these big, uh, I don't want to say problems, it's just, you know, thoughts of this is what I want to do right now, subject to change. There's only change. That's the only thing we can count on. This will be different. <laughs> so... I wonder if you would read the bottom of the card. Today I will find. Today I will find some time to ask myself the questions. What higher purpose might I have? What can I bring into my life that would bring me joy, inspire me, and feed my soul? I will listen to my inner voice and honor whatever thoughts, feelings, and ideas that come to me. I love that. You know, and I'm reflecting on at one point that I've known you, your higher purpose was to make Mickey Mouse ears. <laughs> so, that was a side hustle. <laughs> I know. But again, <laughs> when you're making them, that's the purpose, right? When you are yeah. in the Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse ears making, <laughs> that's the purpose. So... <laughs> I mean, we get to have more than one, I think. We yeah. get to have, what did you say? You're, you know, we also share a name. One of my middle names is Angelica. And I never heard that before. But yeah, you know, I feel like it's spirit driven when we listen to that inner voice that says, I don't know what I want to do, but I know I don't want to do that. And from that will come, so I want to do this. Exactly. And I think really just tapping in and, and listening to the inner voice that is connected to divine and creator and something greater than yourself, that is where you will start to really tap into what is my purpose. You know, why am, why am I here? And that's a hard thing to do, but I think it's important because the people who meander throughout life with no purpose. That's hard. Yeah. And that is not going to be you. I know. <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, no matter how much I'm going through or how stressed or how much I'm questioning or anxious or uncertain, I know. Your natural self, your Elon, you know, your yourself 
has a plan, might not tell you what it is right now. (laughs) Or it might be a lot of them, but it's not the one that's going to be wandering around the streets going, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. No, I mean, that could come up, but there is, you know more than you know, is what I want to say. And we all do, don't we? We all do. We really do. If we're lucky enough to tap into it. Yep. That's always what I tell my students too. Like, you know more than you think you know. And I think that's something we can all take with us. Yeah, I do too. So grateful to talk to you today. And grateful to speak with you too. To have you here on this little show that I do. And please come back anytime. Tell us what happens. <laughs> yes, whenever yes. you'll have me. Okay. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Bye. Thank you for listening. And be sure and follow me on Patreon, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and it's not about food.com. Thanks.